Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. I'm your host, Brian. I'm joined today by David and uh, John. We just got done with week seven of the NFL. We got to see a lot of action, a lot of teams uh, proving themselves contenders, and a lot of teams that are proving that this is just not their year. We are also starting to see the beginning of uh, trade. So we're going to get straight on into topic one, which is who is your uh, MVP for this week? I'll let David start us off. All right, so I was I was kind of going between two, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. The guy had eight receptions for 130 yards and two touchdowns for his game uh, with Cincinnati Bengals uh, this past week. And the second, the very close second, was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had seven receptions for 124 yards and a touchdown. So that's where I'm at at the moment with uh, – my my technical MVP in Jamar Chase and a backup being Smith Shoes. And uh, who's your MVP, John? Well, I wanted to go with Josh Allen. I think he's uh, right now probably leading the MVP race right now. But I'm going to go a little bit different. I think this this guy could very well be the MVP. Definitely, I have him as the um, comeback player of the year. I'm going to go with Shaquan Barkley from the New York Giants. He had a lot of injuries early in his career, and the the, the improvements that he's made are extremely significant. I'm, I'm really happy for him. You know, when you have a guy that gets drafted that that high and starts out as a bust, and then all of a sudden, he you know, he comes back. I mean, who, who doesn't like a good comeback story? And I got to agree with you there. I mean, this definitely seems to be his year. Knock on wood, it continues to be this year, and no late-season injuries happen. I actually originally had Jamar Chase as my MVP, but since that one's taken, I'm also going to go with the Aaron Jones. Even though the Packers lost, he, like it would have been a much uglier loss if Aaron Jones wasn't on that team. He's been doing everything for them, running the ball. He's been making catches. He's been he just this week. He scored two touchdowns. So I mean, I think he's just one of the brightest spots on what has been a pretty rough Packers team this year. All right, moving on to our next topic. We are going to be talking Thursday night football, which, let's just face it, really hasn't been a very good year for Thursday night football. This week we had the Saints versus Cardinals. Saints losing 34-42. I just want to get your guys' opinion on the game. I'll let John start us off. Well, you know, I guess I'm just more disappointed in the Cardinals for this game. I thought they would have a better year than they have been. Um, the Saints... I, I they're just missing a quarterback. Um, I'm not saying that's the only. Um, let me rephrase that. That's not, probably not the only issue that they have, but they're one of those teams that you know when you don't have a Drew Brees under center, it, it's hard to win. So I don't know what they're going to do uh, in for, for when it comes to the quarterback in future um, years. But they're good. They're a good organization. I think they're kind of going through a similar transition that Pittsburgh did or had with um, Ben Roethlisberger retiring. But yeah, that's that's you know my thoughts on. I, I but I, I do think Arizona would have had a better year than they have been. I agree. I mean, it's been rough. Jameis Winston got injured first, and Andy Dalton's <laughs> grambling, hoping your third string works out, all that stuff. What do you think of the game, David? I think that I'll actually be on a little bit of a positive note. Um, the, they had a very high-scoring game. It was 42-34. to 34. Kyler Murray did very well for the game itself. Mind you, this is the game itself. And despite the new remastered MW2 coming out, 
either this week or the next week. And then despite throwing three interceptions, Andy Dalton still did pretty well because he he threw 30 for 47 for 361 yards and four touchdowns. Also, we got the greatest slow-mo camera shot ever, by the way, from that game. If you have not already seen that. Just out of curiosity, which one is that? I'm trying to think off the top. We have a couple of good slow-mo shots this week. It's the one where Andy Dalton threw an interception and he just turned away as you just see a flying Arizona Cardinal defensive back going into the end zone. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, that one was good. There's also the uh, slow-mo shot of Mac Jones kicking a defender right in the nuts. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. That was pretty good. I haven't seen that. No, I haven't either. Hey, uh, do we have confirmation that Kyle Murray even plays Call of Duty? Yeah. <laughs> well, it comes out Friday at midnight, so it's the 28th. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to watch and see how his game is once you know Call of Duty comes out in a couple of days. Yeah. Literally, some some guy on Twitter literally went through almost every single game last year and he noticed that there was a dip in play every time either the new Call of Duty came out, Call of Duty expansion came out, or Call of Duty had a two a two XP, a two times XP weekend throughout the season. There was always a dip in play because those one of those three things or another thing happened. Oh, man, I can't. I'm definitely going to be paying attention because, yeah. I kind of forgot about the whole Call of Duty thing until you brought it up, man. Mm -hmm. And it was part of the reason why he had that clause in his contract at the start of the season. Oh, hey, 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 real quick. um, The Call of Duty has a thing. I don't know if it's probably over now since the game's coming out. Where you can play the campaign like a week early. Is there any? Has there been any um, change in the stats related to that that you guys know of? Not that I noticed, but I think Kyler Murray is more of a multiplayer guy, so I get the feeling that he's just that guy that only plays the multiplayer. Probably doesn't really mess with the campaign too much. Just my guess. That makes sense. One other kind of positive note from this game. We got to see just how much of a difference, um, oh my god, I'm brain farting Hopkins makes. Oh, it's DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, yeah, is you know, this is his first game back, and he really made a big difference for that offense. Which, you know, in the last beginning of the season, they really struggled to you know score, and now all of a sudden, high scoring game. He definitely helps out on no matter what team he's on. So, uh, I bet the Texans miss him right about now. <laughs> well, right, moving. Yeah. yeah. Moving on up, and it is the start of trade season for the NFL. We just got our first big trade, which was Carolina trading McCaffrey to the 49ers in exchange for a second, third, fourth, and fifth round pick. I just want to get you guys' opinion on what you thought about this trade, who got the better deal out of it, and all that stuff. I'll let David start us off. Like Brian said, it was a second third and a fourth for 2023 and a 2024 fifth. So with it really only being draft picks involved as it sits right now, it's really hard to say if one team won the draft, the, uh, the trade or not, but as it sits right now, I would have to say the 49ers, but that heavily relies on the health of McCaffrey himself. And we all know that Christian McCaffrey's had 
some health struggles for the past few years. But that may change since he's not the, I guess you could say, Superman of the group. He doesn't have to carry the Carolina Panthers on his shoulders. Now, we can probably have this argument next year after the draft and see how Carolina actually did in next year's draft. And I agree with And we're going to be talking about it a little bit later. I think it was a good move on Carolina just because, you know, that team needs some help and they're going through a rebuild. What do you think of it, John? Well, you know, I was on the fence about this considering uh, Chris McCaffrey is not able to stay healthy. I think he, I think for now, I do agree with Dave that the um, the Fortnighters won on this trade for initially or immediately. But I, depending on um, how the what Carolina does with those picks, if you know if they're able to use those picks and make productive picks and have good players come out of them, or hopefully Hall of Fame players out of them, uh, then it, it'll be more of a debate. Uh, might be more even, but I think as of right now, as we sit, I think sit the uh, 49ers definitely won in this trade for the time being. Uh, like Dave said, we'll have to see what happens in the draft. However, I don't think. That Christian McCaffrey, I do disagree with Dave on this, and maybe we can make up a couple bets and win like a candy bar or something, depending on who, who wins the bet. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a more injury-prone season. I think the 49ers have a better offensive line, and I think because they have so many weapons, they're not going to rely on him as much. So, you know, when you have a guy that's basically your whole offense when he was with Carolina, because they, they, they haven't had a good quarterback since Cam Newton, um, and even when there, Cam Newton was under center, he was hurt all the time. That's going to make Christian McCaffrey better and hopefully healthier. And I think he's going to be a healthier player, you know, from here on out. I, I I know he's been injury prone in the past, but I think because there's less on his shoulders and the fact that he's a better offensive line blocking for him, I, I, I could see uh, him having a healthier career for the time being. That's it. And I could definitely see you. Yeah, I can see the sense in that. I mean, I think he's in a better situation, definitely, with the way he was in Carolina. I also want to get what's your guys' uh, predictions on just a couple more trades you think we're going to see before the end of trade deadline? And uh, I'll have John start us off. Well, uh, Chase Claiborne, I think, is going to be traded. I, I, I could see I, I, I could see the teams that are trading for players are in a rebuild. Um, the P- Pittsburgh, I think, is in that situation um i could see them maybe getting rid of one of the receivers maybe i i've been reading about it chase claiborne it's chase claypool claypool i apologize god forbid the browns don't make a trade and trade one of their you know best players for draft picks i could see that happening though the fact that they're only have two wins this year um if they do trade somebody i could maybe see kareem hunt uh, i've heard rumors about them trading nick chubb i don't think they're going to do that but and I hope they don't do that. Not only because he's my favorite player, but because I don't think that helps them at all. So I'm trying to think other teams that aren't doing so well. No, that that's about it. All right. Can you think of any, David? All right. So I'm looking. I also looked at Kareem Hunt because uh, I've been hearing rumors on Kareem Hunt possibly leaving for a team that that would need kind of like a starter, and he very much could be a starter depending on the team or a team like that has the same kind of setup that we do now that would utilize a running back by committee program. I could also see Bradley Chubb of Denver also possibly being traded. 
for something. He's still decent. He's not getting any younger at the moment. And honestly, Denver's not living up to the hype that they were expecting because like Dom and many of us said, they were just a quarterback away and clearly something's off and clearly they needed something else to happen on whether it's Russ or head coach or someone on the defense. So, and considering that they just signed Russ to a five-year deal, I highly doubt they're going to be able to trade him away. And based on play, I don't think anyone's going to want him. So I, I would have to go with Bradley Chubb and another team that's struggling. I would have to go with Darren Payne, the defensive either end or tackle from uh, the Washington Commanders. All right, I like it. Um, my number one, I'm on with John on this, is uh, I think Chase Claypool's probably getting traded. I mean, to me, it makes sense. He's just not getting the targets with Pittsburgh. I kind of like the idea of him going to pa- the Packers just because, you know, the receiving room is very, you know, new. You can definitely tell, other than Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been super comfortable throwing to the other guys, so I could see that happening. I pray to God the Browns don't trade Chubb. I don't see anywhere where any way they would. If they trade anybody, I'd definitely think it would be Hunt. And I couldn't think off the top of my head which team would he would go to, but I could definitely see them trading him just because their running back room is so deep right now. Plus. Kareem Hunt was the only running back out of all of them that requested a trade at the start of the season. That's very yeah, true. That's, that's true. I forgot about to mention that. Even though it hurts my soul to, you know, think about breaking up the Chubb-Hunt combo, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Compl- I think we're all in agreement agreeance on that one. Yeah. Right. We're going to move on to our next topic, Rick McCaffrey, which I definitely say is their best player. They're having a ton of issues at, you know, the quarterback position. Even though they did win this week, it does seem like they're kind of tanking and they're just trying to get draft capital so they can just really get into this rebuild and start fresh. And I just want to get your guys' opinion on what's the next step for this team. I'll let David start us off. Well, for me, I'd probably start with a fresh offensive line because regardless of whether or not you have a decent running back or a decent quarterback, they can't do anything if – they aren't given time to think or to react to something if they don't have a decent offensive line. So for me, unless they're like the number one pick where they can get like an all-star quarterback, like a CJ Stroud or something uh, where it's kind of like expected to pick a quarterback, I would start with offensive line. Just out of curiosity, because I just thought about this. Didn't they uh, take a quarterback in the um, draft? Howard? I think it's uh, Matt Carroll oh, or whatever, yeah. I think is what Dom said last week. Yeah, I forgot about him, to be honest. Yeah, and for all we know, that is that could very well be their starting quarterback of the future. I highly doubt it, but they can't really do anything without an offensive line. So first and foremost, unless they get like the number one overall pick where they can get like these top-of-the-line quarterbacks – their first priority has to be an offense. And that makes perfect sense. What do you, What's your thoughts on it, John? Well, I'm going to go with David, but I'm going to go backwards. I think they need a quarterback and then an offensive line and then develop the team with, you know, weapons around it and um, uh, maybe, you know, add some depth to that defense. 
I think they're going to be the number one pick overall, if not the top three. Um, I kind of, how do I say this? I kind of see them getting the quarterback from Alabama, Bryce Young, because he's, I mean, he's a pretty mobile quarterback. He won the Heisman as a sophomore. He played in the, he plays in Alabama, which I know that's not uh, Auburn from Cam Newton, but he played in the uh, SEC, same the conference as Cam Newton. And so uh, I'm not saying Bryce Young's the next Cam Newton, but I, uh, I could just see them drafting him before drafting CJ. Stroud from Ohio State. I think there it's either Stroud or well Bryce Young that'll be the first pick, first quarterback in the draft. I could see them going with Stroud, but uh, because I think he's a bigger guy, he's bigger than uh, Bryce Young. But yeah, I mean they got to get a quarterback, and I think because they have those draft picks, what I would do is I think they're going to be the first overall pick, if not the top two or three draft a quarterback, and then use those other draft picks to build a team around them. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I like David's um, analysis. I just would go backwards, I guess. For, you know, I, I go quarterback and then the other stuff after. I would like to see what Matt Curl's got before they draft somebody. So hopefully they do that at least for the rest of the season because I'm not really sure if they have a solid plan of what they're going to be doing for the rest of the year. Well, you know, I I think if they need to, if they're going to get a quarterback in, in the draft, I think they need a guy need to guy need to get a quarterback that's mobile. Uh, they had success with that with Cam Newton, and I could see them going with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, the both mobile guys. So yeah, I um, I think it those be one of those quarterbacks are going to be the top pick. Um, but I, I I see them going with a mobile quarterback because that's kind of in their history. I could see it being one of those situations where if a mobile quarterback's available, which probably would be the play target that first, because if you have somebody that's, you know, got big arm similar to like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, then you're going to want to focus on an offensive line where mobile quarterback, at least he can get out of the pocket, run, get your yards. But I think it'll be a really interesting story to see the, for, you know, this off season. All right. We're going to move on to our next one, which is back into, you know, the NFL and how their punishment system makes no sense. I don't know if you guys know this, but in the offseason, right around the time of the Pro Bowl, Alvin Kamara got into a bunch of trouble because he pretty so he got into a fist fight with somebody, pretty severely injured him. I think it was in a casino or a club in Las Vegas. And uh, they said uh, he fractured the guy's like or- orbital bone, which is you know kind of like the eye socket. And so it's still an ongoing court battle all this stuff and it at first was kind of a he said he said thing them blaming each other and even though they haven't released the footage apparently there is footage which reportedly backs up the other guy's claim and looks pretty bad for Kamara but with that the NFL said they're very pretty much unlikely to do any sort of punishment for him this season I just want to get your guys opinion on how do you feel about that? Do you think that's fair, especially given, you know, how they treated other situations, not just with, you know, not just like the Deshaun Watson stuff, but other domestic situations? And I'll let John start us off. Uh, do I think they should have done something about it? Absolutely. I, you know, these guys, you know, they have a lot of money. They're the big guy on campus in high school. They're the big guy on college. You know, they think they, you know, they rule the world. And then I'm not saying people, 
don't make mistakes. Even, you know, professional athletes make mistakes, but I think they need to be held accountable like any other human being on this earth, whether you're the president of the United States or whether you're an NFL athlete or whether you're Jim Bob down the street that who decided to rob their neighbor. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they don't do anything about this, I, I know I do think it's morally wrong. I think it makes the NFL look bad. It doesn't make it just makes them look bad. I do agree. It does look make them look pretty bad. What's your thoughts on David? Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with John to an extent. If they don't do something, it's kind of bad. But like you said before, it it was an ongoing court case that was largely he said he said until a pop a video came out that during their court case that suggested that there is some truth to this. I think that the NFL should definitely at least consider it punishing him this year. And if they don't definitely play it by ear based on the court case and then punish him once the results of that court case come out. But I still feel like at least if there's video footage, the NFL should do at least something because I mean, I just feel like they're very back and forth on how they want to punish players, how they want to enforce their personal conduct policies, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, completely agree on that. They, I think that they need to create at least some more consistency just on a general basis because the precedent that they had set was not very good. And we saw that in the Deshaun Watson issue when the, the independent arbiter, the judge, looked at the case and she looked at it, at it as if it was a, like a, a court case and she went based off the precedent. And gave him the initial, what was it, like six games? Correct. And that must have been pretty embarrassing for the NFL. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is what is the number one game you guys are looking forward to next week? I'll let John start us off. Bengals-Browns. Uh, I've kind of given up on the Browns, to be honest with you. So I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Bengals, but how do I say this without bashing my own team? Okay, John. I've I've got what? It's okay, I get it, man. Yeah, uh, I'm curious what the Bengals are going to do. They started out 0-2, and, and I think they're co- they've come back quite a bit. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm. I, I mean, I think the Bengals are going to win. Hopefully, they don't. But I, I'm real curious on what they're going to do. You know, they were they went to the Super Bowl last year, and I am just wondering, you know, how, how they're going to bounce back. I mean, I, they, I think they have bounced back, but how are they going to continue to bounce back? So that's going to be my, my game to watch. I fully expect the Bengals to take advantage of the Browns' backfield, you know, the secondary, all that stuff. What's your game to watch for, David? I am looking at the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks have been doing surprisingly good. Yes, they're they're only four and three, but considering the fact that people were expecting them to either winless by this point or one and six by this point, the fact that they're even above 500 right at the moment is shocking. And then furthermore, the New York Giants are surprising everyone because they have been struggling in the past few and they finally have a competent head coach, a Saquon Barkley that happens to be healthy. And Daniel Jones is finally a quarterback that is above average and is actually doing good. So guys, before the season, 
if somebody would have told you that the Seahawks versus Giants game would be a good game, not because, you know, they're both bad teams, what would you guys have thought? I probably would have thought it was unrealistic, like everybody else. I would have thought it was crazy because looking at just some of the statistics you're looking at currently, Daniel Jones is looking at 126 for 189 and 1,223 yards and is throwing six touchdowns to two interceptions, whereas Geno Smith has thrown 158 for 215, 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, and three interceptions, which is absolutely phenomenal for both quarterbacks considering the president that they had set in previous very true and i'm just i'm really glad daniel jones is doing good i mean i know i've talked some crap about him before but now that he's showing us what he's capable of i'm really happy for the guy All right my game of the week i'm going to go ahead and pick the jets versus patriots i think what this is really going to come down to which patriots team we get but i mean this you know it's a divisional matchup these teams know each other very well. The Jets are having a really good year for some reason. I know they're going to have a little bit of, you know, issues getting with the uh, running back position, but I think it could be a really good matchup. Yeah, that is very, very true. Sorry if it was a delay. I'm looking a little bit ahead on the underdog bets myself. So yeah, take your time. I'm going to guess on the intro for or the intro for that. So we are going to move on to our last topic, which is our underdog bet. Let me hear what you guys think will be the upset of the week. I'll let John go ahead and pick first. Little Packers over the Bills. Okay. That's uh, that's uh, very risky on that one. They're 11.5 point underdogs on that one. I like it. And I was not expecting that one. I'm actually going to do something similar, and I'm going to go Steelers-Eagles. Really? Okay. I'm not going to be as uh, ballsy as you guys. I'm going to pick Jets over the Patriots for 1.5 points. I mean, it should be a good game, but I think this Jets team is just doing so good right now that I could see them getting the upset on the team that bullied them for, what, two decades now? Something like that, yeah. All right, well, this has been another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Deep Dive Sports. We'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.